Hey, on ladies, it's Caroline. And Kristen. A couple of years ago, way before the pandemic, we made a series of pep talks, but they have been locked up behind a paywall and now we're bringing them out just for you. That's right. We we have handpicked and liberated <laughs> six of our favorite pep talks that we think will help y'all start the new year off right. We released three last week and the other three are coming out today. So go ahead and get ready for a pep in your step and enjoy. <laughs> Tammy, I'm terminating your employment at Topper Jacks, and I need your badge. What badge? You mean my name tag? Yes, exactly. I need your badge. I need your my, badge It's not back. a badge. It's a name tag, and you made me buy it with my own money. That's company policy. I need it back. Well, I need you to stop sweating through your shirts and grossing everybody out. <sighs> Tammy, you have already been fired. I have already terminated your employment. You are at least 40 seconds fired, so please exit the Topper Jacks. and welcome to the Unladylike Pep Talks album. I'm Kristen. I'm Caroline. Pep Talks are pick-me-ups for when patriarchy gets you down, starring some of our favorite, most inspirational, hilarious, and brilliant unladies. Today, Kristen Meinzer and Jolenta Greenberg, hosts of the podcast by the book, are here to share their tips on what to do when you lose your job. On their show, Kristen and Jolenta live by a different self-help book every two weeks to see if it's actually life-changing. Along the way, they share intimate moments from their lives, including when they lost their jobs back in 2018. Here's Kristen. I am sitting outside at a Tex-Mex restaurant alone in Houston, working on one of the final projects I'll work on for Panoply because I just found out my job is ending and I'm drinking a second margarita and contemplating a third And I know the book says, never say you need a drink, but sometimes you just really fucking need a drink. Caroline, these kinds of emotions that come up around our jobs, whether we love them or not, are so real. And it's something I feel like I've dealt with on multiple levels sort of my whole life. Like first growing up, um, there were a couple of times when my dad lost his job and it was horrible. It was it was truly like a cloud over the whole family for a while because it throws you into like total uncertainty. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like family can end up being innocent bystanders in that situation. And like for anyone who loses their job, I can also understand how your feelings of like validation or being needed or important or like smart enough to do the job like – all of that stuff can also get thrown up in the air when you lose a job. Not to mention, you know, not knowing how you're going to pay to live. Correct. <laughs> yes. That can be kind of a problem. But as I've grown up, um, I, I have lost a freelance job before, but it was kind of a mercy firing. <laughs> like, I was not performing at my best, partly because I just didn't have room for it. And I was mm. trying to make it work, and it 
wasn't happening. But I tell you what, Caroline, when that contract wasn't renewed, it definitely bruised my ego. Yeah. But what about you? Have you had any job loss experiences? So I have never lost a job, um, which is kind of nuts when you consider that I worked at a newspaper uh, during the recession. So I graduated college in 2006 and immediately went to work for a daily newspaper in Augusta, Georgia. And I watched as brilliant person after brilliant person after talented person was laid off as the paper continued to downsize. It seemed like Every month, almost, like there was some bad news about someone you really cared about who did have a family to support. And it really got to the point where the environment was so, like, toxic. Not necessarily that people were pitted against each other, but there was just that feeling of, like, fear and uncertainty hanging over everyone. And it did get to the point where I thought, like, maybe I wish they would just lay me off. You know what this reminds me of? Wanting for the person you're dating to break up with you. <laughs> yes. Because I, 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 in my work experience, you got to treat your job not as an extension of your family, oh God, yes. but rather as a bad boyfriend who is never going to think about you as much as you think about him. Correct. He's never going to call you yep. every time that he says he's going to. You're going to have to probably pick up the tab, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Amy Poehler talks about this too in her book, Yes, Please, of like kind of seeing our jobs through that bad boyfriend lens. Because I do think that when you end up like if you're in a toxic relationship out of work, if your workplace is toxic, there's such a tension because you don't necessarily want to jump off the cliff and say like, well, I'm out. I'll figure it out. But at the same time, like, you're like, but I don't want to be here. Will you just, could you just give me a severance and I'll go? <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. And that, honestly, that's how I felt at the newspaper. But also speaking of the recession, okay, like there's been a lot of talk recently around millennials and burnout and anxiety. And you and I are millennial babies who were thrown right into the recession when we graduated from college. And while I was not working at a newspaper, I was in digital media and in a space for a while where the turnover was so, uh, so constant that I would go through just stretches of deep, deep daily anxiety of wondering if my name was going to be called. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, I was like, well, I guess I could get a severance. But on the other hand, Lil Kristen, who watched her dad losing the jobs Mm. and feeling that kind of like economic instability and chaos, Caroline, it tapped so deep into my like most foundational fears of like, Fuck, if I lose this thing, then then what do I have? Who am I going to be? Did you know? that affect how you, like, operated at work? Yes. I mean, it affected me in the sense of, like, doubling down and making really my entire life about that particular job. Mm-hmm. And also trying to work overtime to carve out, like, a space for myself in digital media as, like, Kristen Conger. So mm-hmm. that when people Googled my name, like, there would be something there. So on the one hand, it fueled a lot of productivity. But on the other hand, productivity driven by, like, panic is not exactly the healthiest way to create. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely like 
that fear takes up a space in your brain that maybe could be used to be even more productive and creative. Yeah, and you want to throw another challenging job loss dynamic into the mix. Not only, you know, is is there kind of like the parent-child relationship, but also encouraging girlfriends of mine along when their partners mm. have lost their jobs mm-hmm. and are going through periods of unemployment. Because, you know, if all of a sudden, like, Someone was the breadwinner and now they're not. Or, like, suddenly someone can't split the bills. Like, it it sort of tips the whole relationship balance off for at least a little bit, you know, and just amplifies all of the everyday stresses that you have. And honestly, that period of turmoil after you leave a job or are asked to leave a job can serve as a period of self-reflection, And it might even propel you further towards what you actually want to do, like getting in touch with what your actual skills and interests are. Yeah, I mean, I will say that in the the long path, it feels like to you and me quitting our day jobs and starting Unladylike Media, that ongoing fear and like having to really consider what my relationship was to my day job at the time, like that reflection was important because... Along the way, it was pushing me, even though I might not have known it at the time, it was pushing me down this path to you and me in the Unladylike studio together, you know? So mm-hmm. th- it, it's definitely a mixed bag, but it's it's hard to maintain perspective in the moment. Yeah. So that's why I'm so pumped that we have Kristen and Jolenta here. Yeah, I know. This pair is super funny, but they're also so super down to earth. And I really feel like I could have used their perspective and advice back when I was spiraling in job stress turmoil. Absolutely. So we're going to let Kristen and Jolenta take it from here. And be sure to stick around to hear not one, but two pep talks, because both Kristen and Jolenta are each going to share some gems. I'm Kristen Meinzer, co-host of By the Book. I'm Jalanta Greenberg, the other co-host of By the Book, and we are talking to you from New York. I have lost many, many a job. And the ones that stick with me the most are the ones where it wasn't just like, oh, we're all downsizing. It was like, well, you asked for more money, so we fired you. Or like, well, we like your ideas. We're just going to give them to someone else to do. Like those types of ones that are really, that really feel like a nice stab in the back. And I've only had two of those experiences, but they've really haunted me. You know, I've lost lots of jobs over the years. I lost a job waiting tables at a buffet. I lost a job being an administrative assistant. I lost not one but two jobs in TV. And I lost a job just a few months ago heading up the content division of a podcasting company. And in most cases, I lost my job due to downsizing, but I also lost jobs because I just wasn't the right fit for those jobs. I had less experience than they wanted, or I had lots of experience and lousy training that prevented me from doing my best work. But regardless of the reasons, it has sucked every time I've lost a job, and I would find myself worried about money, and my ego would feel bruised. One of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten when it comes to being between jobs or losing a job or a job not working out is actually just a statistic. And that is that most people in the current millennium will have at least seven careers in our lives. And if a job doesn't work out, 
that just means you're like everyone else during this moment in history. You are checking off another box of another career, and there's going to be another one around the corner and another one after that because we're going to have at least seven of them, and that's okay. It's okay to say goodbye to one job and enter into another one. It just means, frankly, you're average. I think the best way to get through it for me has always been just talking to people, commiserate with people, cry on people's shoulder, ask them if they know of any jobs in your field, just like see friends, remember there are people in your life that aren't at work and that love you. And one thing my dad has said to me in in one of these dark periods of my life is that you never hear anyone say, I should have stayed at that job longer when it comes down to it. You hear billions of stories of people being like, I should have cut and run five years ago, or like, I should have left that place when I was in my 20s. You never hear people being like, ah, I wish I stayed one more year at that shitty job before I left. Like, in the long run, you're going to leave jobs, and maybe they did you a favor on this one. The worst advice... I've gotten when it comes to to being fired or let go, if you want to put it gently, is um, don't rock the boat. Like, they already fired you. If you want to ask some questions or say you don't think that's fair, why not? It's only going to haunt you. It's not going to haunt them. So, like, why not get off your chest? Like, don't be afraid to rock the boat. The boat already got rocked when they fired you. I really wish that women and girls understood that you just don't have to be accommodating. I've been fired and, like, smiled and said thank you, and they were doing a shitty thing. And I didn't have to make the person who was firing me feel good. But I think we condition women and young girls to be so accommodating and play so nice, they sometimes don't get heard. And, like, why... Why protect someone who's fucking up your life and give them a good experience while they do it? Like, you don't need to be polite. You can say, oh, this is shitty. You don't have to say, like, thanks, no, no worries, I'm fine. Like, because I've done that, and it feels fucking awful. It, it like, compounds the damage that getting fired already does. You know... I've come to realize over the years that the worst moments in my professional life have not been because I lost a job. The worst moments have been because I was working jobs that I did not like. And I would rather lose a job that I enjoy than to stay in a job I cannot stand. And just an example of a really bad job I've had. There was one I had where I actually didn't know what my job was. I mostly babysat my boss's calendar, and he was almost never there, and he was dating a girl half his age in another department, and I wasn't trained properly, and I really just, I mean, I didn't really know what my job was, and it made me feel horrible about myself, uh, just being a calendar jockey. I, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, but I will say this. That job did pay for me to go back to school for a semester. And in grad school, I met a professor who mentored me and hired me to work for her. So in the end, even though that job sucked, it helped me get to the next place in my career. And it reminded me again that holding a job you hate is worse than losing a job you like. I hated that job. And eventually, I was able to move on to jobs I liked where I lost those jobs. Every time I lose a job, (laughs) I remember how resourceful I am. And I remember how it 
isn't actually as bad as I think it is. And it's still bad. Like, it still sucks. But, you know, if you do a little exercise where you write out your actual worst fears and, you know, your entire worst-case scenario, like, you're most likely not going to end up there. You know friends that can help you, recommend you for jobs. You know someone who might be needing a babysitter a few nights a week. I'm always surprised by how I'm able to cobble together enough income or pay that medical bill when it comes it gives you an opportunity to remember the resources you already have in your life that you might be overlooking because you're too busy at work. Hey, you. I know it sucks to lose a job. It can feel like a stab in the heart and an insult to one's abilities, and oh my God, it can feel like your identity is being taken away. But you know what? Your identity is way more than that dumb job. Your identity includes your beautiful heart and your fabulous brain and the fact that you are a good friend and a decent human being. You have a whole history that predates that job, and the story that you live next will be even bigger. What do you want that story to be? Do you want to talk to lots of great people every day? Do you want to learn new things? Do you want to do something you've never done before? Embrace the possibilities. The whole world is your oyster. Give yourself a day to mope, but then give yourself a few days to dream. Look at a wide array of job listings. They don't have to be related to your experience. Just look at them and dream. And then do some research. Would you actually want to do those jobs? What kinds of stepping stone jobs would you need to take to get them? And are there people in your network you can turn to for advice? Speaking of other people, don't be afraid to reach out to them. Reach out to friends so that you can get emotional support. Reach out to old bosses and coworkers and classmates and neighbors to let them know you're between jobs. People love to help. They really do. Be bold and let them know you want that help. And throughout this whole process, do the boring but necessary logistical things you need to do as a grown-up. Make sure that you have access to health care. Find out if you can collect unemployment. Sign any paperwork that will secure you a severance package from your former employer if that's possible. And if you're desperately low on cash, pick up work. Any work. And don't be too prideful about whether you think you're above it. No one is above doing an honest day's work. And a lot of work that feels like it's not a fit now can help us get to where we want to go later. Above all, see this moment as an opportunity. An opportunity to know yourself better and try new things and find a job you like even better than the last one. A job that will cherish and value all the great things you bring to the table. You got this. I promise. You are not defined by your job. Even though things might feel very hopeless right now, you have been given a pretty okay opportunity. You get to go find a better place to work. You deserve to work at a place that values you and helps you thrive which the place that fired you clearly doesn't provide. And now you have the perfect chance to find a new place. My college roommate used to always say, new hair, new life. Every time she got a new haircut, she saw it as a clean slate and a chance to reinvent herself. So I am here to say, new job, new life. Take your time, be sad and angry at the people who made a huge mistake of letting you go, and then... Get on with your new life, because it's waiting for you. 
here's what you're going to do. You're going to be pissed. You're going to look for part-time gigs that pay for now. You're going to take care of yourself, like drink tea and go for a walk. And you're going to talk to the people you love because they're your network and they may know of a job that's perfect for you. Or they may have a friend of a friend who knows a job that's perfect for you. Ask questions. Explore your interests. Draft a sexy new resume. Dream big dreams about your future. And remember... You didn't just get fired. You got handed a chance to find a new job where people value you way too much to fire you. Caroline, I am so glad that Jolenta underscored what I think is one of the most important aspects of keeping ourselves pepped through (laughs) our job woes, which is reminding ourselves that we are not defined by our jobs. Yeah, that it's okay to like sit down and take a break and maybe paint a picture or read a book or just lie down. Yes, and that we are not just the sum total of all of our paychecks we've earned or, you know, the documents we've created, like <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, because, yeah, I mean, this is something even even on the daily, even with unladylike media that I still have to stay constantly mindful of, because especially the closer you are to being the job, yeah. you know, whether you're like uh, <laughs> on social media, like repping a brand or like whatever it might be. I think the blurrier those lines can be between, like, who we are and what our employment is. And so naturally, like, when you leave or, again, are asked to leave a job where you have become entangled with, like, your identity and your job role, like, coming out of that can be super painful and super hard and just decompressing can take a long time. And I really think, especially listening to Kristen and Jolenta, like, I think it is okay and necessary to give yourself that time to decompress, to finally get back in touch with, like, who am I outside of this job? And sometimes it takes losing a job to give you the gumption to just do that. You can find Kristen and Jalenta's podcast, By the Book, wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow them on Instagram at ByTheBookPod or find them on Facebook. Just search By the Book. Y'all can find us at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unladylike Media. You can also drop us a line at hello at unladylike.co. And you can support Caroline and me directly by joining our Patreon. You will get instant access to our ad-free bonus episodes and a new bonus episode every week, including our 2022 Things to Look Forward to? Question <laughs> mark. You can find it all over at patreon.com slash unladylikemedia. Nora Ritchie is the senior producer of Unladylike. Michelle O'Brien is our associate producer. Gianna Palmer is our story editor. Shruti Marate transcribes our tape. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Mixing is by Andy Christens. Sound design and additional music is by Casey Holford and Andy Christens. Nora Ritchie, Jenny Barish, and Joanna Kelly contributed vocals. Special thanks to Abigail Keel and Aaron Nestor. Our executive producers are Peter Clowney, Daisy Rosario, and Unladylike Media. This podcast was created by your hosts, Kristen Conger and Caroline Irvin of Unladylike Media. And remember, need a little pep in your step? Get Unladylike. Gotta scratch my boob. There we go. Oh, yeah. You said that and I just looked straight at you. (laughs) Just like straight at your boob. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to. I mean, I said it and did you. it.
<laughs> it's just nice that I'm in here in this safe space and not like in a doctor's waiting room where I'm like, I just have to do the like, I'm just going to rub my arm <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> Stitcher. <laughs>